Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. Take them and open them to the book of Exodus. Excuse me, I'm sorry, 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter 2. Um, I am starting a series of Wednesday night messages, if you want to call it that, um, on a specific subject that uh, many of us, I would say probably all of us that desire to cultivate in our lives and it's learning to hear the voice of God and this simply called hearing God that's what I want to talk about and but before I get into even deeper to that I got to really lay a foundation um, and and so this first part is going to be laying a foundation to hearing God so this is part one but I want to talk to you off of the subject of kingdom of priest kingdom of priest that's what I want to talk about tonight under the subject of well, under the title of Hearing God. Um, thank you, Patrick. I appreciate it. Um, this is, I would say, I'm not going to ask you to, to raise your hand, but when I ask the question, how many of you, don't lift your hand, how many of you do struggle to think or to hear the voice of the Lord in your personal life? And so many people say, you know, Pastor Reggie, I don't really hear the voice of God that well. I don't hear him much at all. Well, there could be some things to that, but you have heard him once. You've heard me talk about some of this. You have heard him once because you responded in salvation. You could not be saved unless you responded, heard the voice of the Father. The scripture says, my sheep hear my voice, and they're mine. That's what Jesus was, was, was talking about there in the book of John when he said, my sheep hear my voice. So you've heard him speak before, but... If Let me give you this at the front. Hopefully, I can give it to you at the end as a reminder. This is really my launching out focus on this whole uh, series that I want to do. About three weeks is what I'm looking at. Hearing God once requires little. It requires, obviously, you repent of your sins and you're saved. But hearing God once requires little. There's a lot of people that hear God speak once. Hearing God continually requires a tender heart and a disciplined spirit. Let me say it again. Hearing God on a continual basis, because it's an ongoing conversation, it's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. People say, well, I just don't think God speaks today. Um, well, how are people saved? I go back to that same question. God is speaking, uh, and he's constantly speaking, and he speaks in different ways. He may speak through, uh, he may speak through a pastor. He may sp- speak through someone in the, in the church, comes up and gives you a, a, a word of encouragement, uh, a prophetic word of encouragement through edification, um, whatever it may be, but, but God is still speaking. And prayer is one of my favorite subjects to preach on, and I, I try not to hit it too much. I probably could just, just for the sake of that's, I mean, if, if that's what I could teach on, I'd probably teach on it often. Um, but but prayer is something for me, it's what I've had to learn. It's not something that you just get saved and you start praying and you figure it all out. It's a journey. 
And, and just to let you know, we're on a th- the, your theology should not be on arrival. Your theology or your study of God should be of, of journey. We're in a theology of, a, of journey, not of arrival. We will eventually ri- arrive before, before God, but I would like to be like Enoch, where Enoch was walking with the Lord, and the scripture says, and then Enoch was not, which means that he just literally, God said, hey, Enoch, we're closer to my house than yours. Just come on to my house. Right? He walked with God in a relationship. And so that's been my heart. Now, I miss the mark often. I'll just tell you, through, through attitude, through anger from time to time, some things that I struggle with. But I find myself coming back before God, laying myself before him. God, I'm sorry. I've missed it. And it's not that I have to grovel before his feet and weep and moan and roll around in an altar. It's as simple as repenting. Changing the way that you think and keeping scripture poured into my life. But hearing God on a continual, daily, moment by moment at times basis, because I believe that God can lead you from moment to moment. Now, he's not going to speak to you every morning and tell you to get up and go to work. That's something you ought to know. You Well, I just don't think I need to go to work today. I, I, I don't think God's going to tell you to stay at home because the Bible says that a, a man that won't work doesn't eat, right? So go to work. Get you a job, go to work. But, but on the other side of that, what we understand is that God speaks to us in key moments of our lives. And, and sometimes it's learning him. It's not a, you, you don't learn a pattern, and that's the pattern for the rest of my, my prayer life ebbs and flows. My spiritual appetite changes just like my natural. I don't want to eat Mexican. I can't stand it right now. Crystal's, let's go eat Mexican. I'm just like, I just, I just, Taco Tuesdays wore me out. I'm done. I'm done. La Pina can have it. I know they're 50 cents a taco or whatever. They, I'm just done. And so I, my appetite is just spiritually, so I have to pay attention to what's feeding me in this season. And so hearing God, but I, I got to lay a foundation. Get to the foundation, AJ. Sorry. So the foundation of what it means to be a, a son and a daughter in the kingdom goes back to, you know, but when God spoke in Genesis 126 and 127, he didn't say, I'm giving you a command. You're going to walk with me in the cool of the day for all the days of your life. It's going to be intimacy between you and I. No, 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 no. He said, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion. That was something given to us. Well, what does dominion speak to? All right, so we'll we'll lead into that. But we have to lay a foundation uh, of this very first part before I jump into talking about the what is God saying, how does God speak, and all of those things because it's different with the person. He made you unique. So he may, Leslie, he shows you things a lot. You see, you can see things into the realm of the spirit. So it's just like, it's different according to the person. And people think, well, I just imagine that. No, well, God, who created your imagination? And my question to you, is it sanctified? I'll leave that alone. Because I imagine that we can fantasize some things and they're not good, Right? So has it been cleansed? Is the, is the canvas of your imagination, is it painted with sexual immorality and sin and all of this stuff? Or has it been sanctified and washed by the blood so it's pure so he can paint pictures of what you can see? In a, I'll leave that alone. Let me just move on. I don't want it to be too convicting. and I don't want to go somewhere where people fall asleep on me either. So um, the basic idea is that God calls us into a direct and fully self-conscious personal relationship. What does that personal relationship speak to? You understand in Exodus chapter 19 and verse 5 and 6, I believe it is. Let me pull that up on the side screens. Look at this. This was the nation of Israel, okay? There wasn't, I'm I'm, I'm going to get some backlash on this, but God never designed it to have one tribe to minister to him. There was a priesthood that transcended this one Levitical priesthood. And it was the priesthood of Melchizedek. 
I'll talk about that maybe if I have time. But that's the ministry we're a part. That's, that's who we're priests unto. Are you with me? We're in a new covenant. We're not under the Levitical priesthood because that means you've got to bring your bulls and your goats and bring your chickens and, well, maybe not your chickens, but you know, you got to bring all of your, you save your chickens. I need eggs, right? Inside. Never mind. All right. So if you got chickens, don't kill them. Bring your pigeons. That's the Levitical priesthood. Sacrifice them for certain sin offerings and whatnot. We don't have to do that. So therefore, I'm not a modern day Levite. I minister under the Melchizedek order because my elder brother, Christ Jesus, he was the firstborn among many. Among many. What was he referring I'm, I'm, I'm another one of the born that was born again. So we're not Levitical, all right? We're under a Melchizedek priest. All right. I, I'm, I don't want to go over. Anybody getting this? Raise your hand. So I know I'm not. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's move forward. So the Lord speaks to Moses and he says, Moses, they've come out of bondage. In verse 5, he says, now then, if you will indeed uh, obey my voice, he's telling Moses to communicate to the people. This is important. Obey my voice, keep my covenant, then you will be my own possession among all the peoples for all of the earth is mine. Verse 6, and you shall be to me. What is that next phrase? Say all three words. Kingdom of priests. Kingdom of priests. I said a while ago that we were given dominion. All right? What does a kingdom speak to? That means that we're kingly, that we're royalty, all right? Kingdom speaks to royalty. You are to be a kingdom of priests, not one tribe as the Levites were out of the 12, but a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the the sons of Israel. Now, we understand when they heard this phrase, they saw the fire on the mountain, they freaked out and said, Moses, you go be with God and, and you come down and you tell us what to do and we'll obey. God doesn't want you to... See, there's so many people that are so bent on doing the, doing the religious routine. Doing this and doing that and doing this. Now, the, the, let me say, faith without works is dead. There is a doing to this. But you have to understand, you don't just get into it. Like when, when you get saved, you come, in, come into the kingdom of God and you're, if there's a passion, there's a zeal, and you'll, you'll do whatever's asked for you. But over time, if you haven't learned how to be, then you'll burn out. That's what happens. That's why people are on fire for three months and then they're out. Because they haven't learned how to develop disciplines of learning how to be in the very presence of God and spend time with him. He said, you're going to be a kingdom of priests before me. They went away from that. That's why God's design was like, I want the whole nation to be priests. Now, let me shrink this a little bit more and bring it into this. God desires for every believer in the, if you're a believer, understand you're a priest. You're a priest, all right? There's two commands in the previous verse that never changed, by the way. Here's the first one. You've got to obey the voice of God. And the second thing is keep my covenant. We have been given the new covenant through Christ. When you look at the commands of Jesus, love your neighbors yourself, and you go through that whole process, we see the Ten Commandments. They made it through the cross. And then the commands that Jesus established, those are his. You have to obey those commands. You disobey that, you'll invite curses into your life. Read. uh, I'm blank for a moment. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Numbers, Deuteronomy 28. Sorry, I had to walk through the books of the Bible. 
Deuteronomy 28, and I think, and you read, and it talks about blessings and curses. If you don't do these things, it will bring this. Or if you do certain things that are wrong, it will invite curses into your life. And it goes three and four generations down. Why do you think you struggle with sexual promiscuity uh, uh, in your life, but you look back three generations back? Well, grandpa did it. You know what I'm saying? Great grandpa did it because it was something they opened the door to and they never shut it. I'll leave that alone. All right. Well, that was a message a while back. First Peter 2, this is the, the New Covenant translation for Exodus 19, 5 and 6, all right? And we look at this and you'll see, and I'm going to read just a couple of verses before I get there. And it says, and coming to him as a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God. Next verse. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for what? A holy priesthood. Yes, we're the temple of God, but you are a holy priesthood. To do what? To offer. Now, that's important. If I get to this, that's, that's important. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And verse 9, here is the equivalent of Exodus 19, verse 6. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. So in developing your spiritual formation, you need to, yes, I am a son in the kingdom, but I'm also a priest. But not just a priest, I'm a king and a priest. That messes with people, your royalty. Because God has called you to reign with him. You're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. What does that speak to? A king sits and does not stand. A priest in, in the Levitical priesthood, what did they? I, I'm getting deep. I got to be careful. Priests stood and ministered before the presence of God. In the new order of the Melchizedek order, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father. We are seated with him, which means that we're a royal priesthood. When, when a king sits, he's, he's delegating authority. We are his delegated authority in the earth. All right? So learning to hear the voice of of the Lord starts at the level of being understanding your priesthood in the kingdom. The priesthood of every believer in this room, I don't care who you are. You, if you're saved, you are a priest and you have to understand what does that mean for me because priests would minister daily before the presence of God and in the temple. Our role as believers, number one, you're priest, but then secondly, you're royal, which means you're kingly, all right? I'm going to give you some scripture tonight because this is going to be a teaching, so hang with me. If you're wanting to learn to hear the voice of God more clear, you have to understand this. So when you read scripture, you have to know your place. It is a love story written to me, but as a priest in the kingdom, how does this work? So Revelation 1, 5 through 6 and says, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, there it is. He's the firstborn. He's our elder brother. And the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood, he made us into, he made us into the sacrifice on the cross, the, the death, the burial, the resurrection. He made us into a kingdom of priests or kingdom and priest. There you see it in the scripture, to his, to his God and Father to be the glory and dominion forever and ever. So my point is, the only way to qualify to be in the kingdom of God is you have to be a priest. 
You can't be, if you say, well, no, I'm, I'm not that, Pastor AJ. I thought that just meant priest meant your, your full-time ministry. Yeah, your full-time marketplace ministry, maybe. Every one of us in this house are full-time ministry. You're ministering in some, because first off, you minister to God. That's a priest. You minister to him first and foremost. That's being with God. Ministering to others is going and doing. Remember what I talked about a while ago? So, but don't get caught up in just the work, 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 because there's a different thing there. One key word that distinguishes the priest in ministry, does anybody know? What did they do? Anybody? What did priests do? They offered up sacrifices. The only ones in the Bible that could offer sacrifices were priests. God has called us to be a kingdom of priests. Pastor, I'm going to bring you back to this clearly because it's like, what does this have to do with hearing God? You're a royal priesthood. That, that's, that's, that's what God had in, in mind for you from the very beginning. He had a nation that he desired to be that. And now Peter is saying, you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. All right, I'll keep moving. I don't want to stymie this. Hebrews 5.1 says, For every high priest taken from among men is appointed on behalf of people and things pertaining to God in order to offer both gifts and sacrifices. And another, uh, another passage that talks about the order of Melchizedek, that's what I was talking about a while ago. But a priest is continually in a place where they're offering up both prayers and pleas that speaking of Jesus with loud crying and tears to the one who was able to save from death and he was heard because he was in devout behavior. All right, really quick, the ministry of a priest, the ministry of a priest. When we understand walking in this journey with the Lord, because it's, for me, oh, I'm gonna get into the, I really wanna shift into this, but I'm gonna hang on. For me to understand, Father, your voice, there has to be a level of sacrifice in my life where I have laid things down. There's a laying things down and there's an offering of ourselves before God. The ministry of a priest, they offered sacrifices and gifts, sacrifices and gifts. Sacrifice comes before gifts because you haven't, they had to come into the very presence of God with a sacrifice. And if they didn't, they had no right to offer their gift. It started with sacrifice first and then gifts second. Sacrifice is the primary requirement representing your reconciliation with God. Why does it talk about that you are to take up your cross and follow? Because the cross speaks to sacrifice. It speaks to laying down. It speaks to laying down of, of the old man. Jesus did three things. He offered up prayers and supplications. He offered himself which was the final sacrifice to sin, and he offers intercession, which is continually, he's doing that for us right now. And it's important. Check, check, sorry. And it's important for us to understand that we follow the same pattern. For us, it's that we follow the same pattern of sacrifice, the kingly, priestly role that Jesus Check one, two. Okay, maybe we got it. Uh, 
Until we function as priests, we cannot learn how to rule as kings. Because the kingdom is for priests. All right, I'm going to move into Romans 12.1. In Romans 12.1, this is one verse that we've heard so many times. It's been talked about. It's been preached on in services, and we've read through it. But Paul spends the previous 11 chapters in the book of Romans... And he's dealing with grace and mercy and forgiveness, dealing with uh, the, the, multi, the multiplied grace of Jesus Christ, the manifold blessing of the Lord. And then he gets to, to chapter 12, and he starts with a therefore, which is the unfolding of God's grace and mercy that's been previous. And then he starts talking, and he said, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. As a priest, as a son, as a priest in the kingdom of God, here in this specific setting of scripture, it's important for you to understand what does that mean for me specifically as I begin to offer up my body as a living sacrifice because it, to me it sounds like an oxymoron. It sounds like, well, how do you, because in Old Testament, when you had a priest, he offered up something, something was dead. But here we are in the New Testament and Paul is saying, offer yourselves, your body. What is, what's, the, what's the point for that? Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice if you don't do this then you won't be able to to begin to view verse 2 now get ready because this is where we shift into hearing the voice of God and understanding that you your role as a priest but to discern the will of God you can't discern the will of God until you give your body this is what it says right here I'm not talking about you you, you have to kill yourself or anything but it says if you don't do this then you won't be able to experience verse 2 because you you can't be renewed in your mind and know God's will for your life there's no discernment to know that so what it's, it's a spiritual service before the Lord. One, one translation, I believe it's the NIV, says it's your reasonable. For, it's like, it's re, that's, that's the expectation for us as priests into the kingdom of God. It's to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So in other words, um, if you don't offer your bodies as a sacrifice to God, your mind won't be renewed and you can't discover and you can't know the will of God for your life. And that could be a problem with a lot of people hearing the voice of the Lord and knowing the will of God because because they haven't offered themselves completely. You're not your own. When you come into the kingdom, you're not your own. So that means it's like, well, like, who you marry? You're not your own. God begins to direct your heart. He has your life. Your, your finances, your jobs, your whatever it is, everything belongs to God, does it not? I mean, because we're stewarding literally everything that God's given us, we're stewarding it. It's, it doesn't belong to me. But it, it, in, the, in the, the Western Christian world, we pick and choose what we want to give to God, and we hold close to everything else. Well, I can't hear God's voice. What is God's will for my life, Pastor AJ? Well, have you completely laid everything down? Some of us were intellectuals, which means that we overthink. We overanalyze. Well, guess what? Because you haven't given up your right to understand, you think that your opinion matters more than the truth of God's word, then there's a problem. Because you've got to give up that right to understand. Well, how come I don't understand this? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? That doesn't make any sense. Why blah, 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 this, that, and the other. I can't give you an answer for that. But what I do tell you is one of the most important, take up your cross and follow. I promise you, he'll direct your feet. Sometimes he's quiet. Sometimes he's silent. There was a, 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 there was a man that was preaching a message probably 
I don't know, somewhere in the last 10 years ago on a podcast I was listening, and he was talking about, he said, sometimes when God is silent, it means that he trusts you. Now, I want to say something. Even for us, well, God trusts me. That can, that can cultivate arrogance, and I would not even go that route. All right, I hesitate to even tell that story, but sometimes that's the case. But you better be 100% sure. But as a priest, you are giving yourself before the Lord, holy and acceptable. It's your reasonable service. And, and, and I'm laying myself, I keep myself on an altar so that I can discern God's will. Because a priest is constantly offering up a sacrifice of themselves, sacrifice of thanksgiving, a sacrifice of praise. I didn't have time to go into this, I don't think, uh, but it's in the book of Hebrews, and it talks about, well, actually, you know what I do? It's on my next page. I'll leave it alone. Don't Leave it alone. Leave it alone. We're good. I'm getting ahead of myself. But it's an offering up of your ideas, your opinions, laying them before him. God Help me, empower me, teach me to follow. Teach me, what, what do you require of me, God? What is it that you're requiring of me? The problem could be with so many hearing the voice of the Lord and knowing God's heart and knowing his will is that we haven't laid self on the altar. We're uncertain of God's will because we haven't given ourselves completely and wholly over to the Lord. Genesis, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, and this is where I want to spend a little bit of time with this. Says, through him then, let us continually offer, there's the priest. The priest continually is offering. Offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of the lips. That is giving thanks to his name. And the next verse, which I don't think it's going to be up there, but it talks about an offering of doing good. And an offering of sharing. So there's four types of giving an offering up that we as priests in the kingdom of God are expected to do. All right? The first one is an, an offering or a thanksgiving or offering of praise. A sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of thanksgiving. A sacrifice of doing good. Yep, it's in there. Do good. And the last one is a sacrifice of sharing. That's verse 16 in Hebrews 13 and verse, and verse 16. So my point and all of this to really just try my best to lay a foundation with some of the uh, issues we've got here was to understand in coming into the kingdom of God, and many of us maybe we haven't heard much about it and understand that, hey, you're called to be a priest in the kingdom of God. As a priest, I am to offer up continually before the Lord prayers before God. Prayer. That's relationship. As a priest, I, I, I'm in personal relationship, but offering up prayers and pleas before the Lord. Offering myself on an altar. Offering myself on an altar. And the third thing is to offer intercession. Prayers before God. Offer myself on an altar, but also to offer intercession on behalf of others. That's the three things that we are called as priests to do. Laying the foundation and understanding that I am a priest, but not just uh, any type of priest. I am a kingdom. I'm in a kingdom, which means I'm kingly, which means that I take on the nature of Christ. He was, he was a king, and also he was a priest. In this, that brings and bridges the gap between my understanding to the Father and a relationship. So therefore, when I approach him, I come boldly before the throne of grace because the blood of Jesus has been applied to my life. You with me? Patrick, if you would come.
Hearing God. One thing about the priest, and you look at, uh, I think it's Zacharias in the New Testament. Zacharias is in the temple, and the Lord speaks and says, uh, tells Gabriel, go down and give him a message. And he goes to give Gabriel a message, or excuse me, Gabriel goes to give Zacharias a message and tell him, hey, he's going to have a son. Well, the first thing is that Zacharias must have had a, a pretty good relationship with God because, and probably saw angels pretty often because he wasn't freaked out when he saw the angel. The angel begins to talk to him, and he tells him, hey, your, your wife's going to have a son. You're going to name him John. And instead of like being humbled because the Lord is communicating to him through his messenger, Zacharias was like, so how am I supposed to know this is going to happen? So there's, like, there's some doubt there. But in this, the priest was in the Holy of Holies, which is a representation for us. When we come before the Lord and we're ministering before, because he was going to minister beyond the veil. He was going to the inner Holy of Holies. He's in this place. He's in prayer. He's offering up sacrifices. The Lord begins to speak, gives him direction for his future. That's who we are. Every time we approach the place of prayer, you have to understand you're a royal priesthood. You have access if the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life. When you come into the kingdom, you're a priest. Not only are you a son and you're a daughter, I'm reiterating some things because I want you to get it. If there's a lot of people that think right now in this room, I cannot hear God's voice. We'll get into that a little bit more next week. But to establish this, you're a royal priesthood, which means you have access because of the blood of Jesus. And if I've done anything but just get your wills to begin to turn, God, is there anything? Because I haven't been able to hear you clearly. What is it that could be blocking? What is it? That, that maybe maybe I haven't offered myself completely upon the altar in a complete laying my life down. Maybe that's what it is. I haven't laid down my, th- my opinions. I've still got all of these ideologies and I'm still thinking this. Self is still ruling the party. I don't know what it is. But you've got to start somewhere tonight to learning to discern the voice of the Lord. I'll say this. I said I was going to do it at the close. Hearing God once requires little. Hearing God continually requires a tender and a disciplined spirit. That is a life of a priest. Hearing God continually, priests were very disciplined. In Old Testament, and even you look at the life of Jesus, he was a very disciplined individual. Well, he was deity, Pastor AJ, but he was still fully man. He's fully God, but yet he's fully man. And he came to establish a life to show you this is the way I want you to live. You withdraw from the crowds and you get along with your father. So you retreat, but you don't stay in a place of retreat. You're not called to be a monk. Then we, not only do we retreat, but then we return and you gather with the crowd. Because that was the life of Jesus. He is our high priest. When you read the Gospels, you're reading, you're reading our high priest. You're looking at the lifestyle of a high priest. That he gave himself once and for all. Stand to your feet if you would.
if you would just bow your heads for a moment just to focus your heart upon the Lord thank you Lord Father there's a kingdom of priests in this room as we gather we understand Father that in the book of Acts evangelism spoke to multiplication but the gathering of the saints spoke to edification so we gather to be edified and we're priests in this room Lord as we begin to move into our our relationship journey with you outside of this church on a daily basis whether it's through getting up every morning and and beginning to read the scriptures and pour ourselves into spiritual disciplines that are so vital they're so vital to growing and knowing the heart of God Father I I pray that there is tenderness that's being cultivated every morning every day I'm asking you Lord for the revelation of the priesthood I pray that what I preached tonight, I pray that it moved and hit the areas that it was supposed to hit. God, I, I pray, give us an understanding of the priesthood. Give us an understanding of King Jesus, our high priest. Jesus, you are our elder brother. You were seated in heavenly places, and so are we. Teach us how to know what the it's, it's that straight scripture. Teach us how to know your heart. Teach us how to offer up to God the Father in prayers that bring us closer to Him in intimacy. Teach us how to offer ourselves on an altar and stay there as living sacrifices before the Lord because we can't know the will of God until we lay ourselves down. And teach us how to offer intercession for our brothers and sisters all across the room. I'm asking you, Lord, let there be a fresh anointing on the the priesthood in this house. Every person... The priest, if it's a husband, he's a priest over his home. If it's, a, if it's a wife, she's a priest over her home. Thank you for anointing. Anoint us fresh and new right now, Holy Spirit. Anoint us fresh and new. Come on, that's the Holy Spirit. When he comes to anoint, he puts his fragrance on your life. It's anointing you for assignments. It's anointing you to go forth in power. I pray for fresh anointing and fresh power in this room. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, if you would, you had, I don't know if somebody's standing there beside you. Put your hand on somebody beside you and just begin to pray for them. Lay hands on them and begin to pray. Thank you, Lord. Wisdom, clarity, understanding, and discernment. Thank you, Jesus. Kingdom of God, come right now. I thank you for wisdom and clarity. If you would, just to honor what's happening in the room, I want to ask a question, but nobody look around. All right, if it's you, I just need you to lift your hand. Who's got a major decision to make tomorrow? Anybody in this room? Some major decision you got to make tomorrow? There's a hand over here. Anybody else? 
feeling there's a couple of you major decisions Father I pray right now right over here in this section in the name of Jesus that whatever that major decision is God you give him wisdom and understanding and knowledge that it would flow to his heart and as a son in the kingdom and a priest before his God that he would know the will of God for the future and the direction God's going to give you wisdom and he's going to give you the answer thank you Jesus there's an assurance coming with that anyone else major decision coming is, it, is there one coming this week for you anybody see a hand back here Father in the name of Jesus I'm telling you you're about to elevate with everybody honor and I just got, I got to say this and this is what I feel Abby I just feel like the Lord is going to elevate I, I, I know I, I'm it's not promotion that I hear God saying I, I just hear the word elevate to beginning to lift he's going to lift you there's strength the grace of God is on it it's his favor it's his unmerited favor that's coming because it's an assignment God I thank you clarity clarity God clarity vision all confusion where the enemy has tried to confuse in any capacity we declare that 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 spirit of confusion has no authority I thank you Jesus I thank you Jesus I thank you Jesus Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray you are able to take something from this sermon and apply it to your life. Also, feel free to share this with your friends and family. And if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at loveandtruthchurchsavannah at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week.